Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Praise God. Can we give it up for Hector and Jessica? How many believe? How many believe? How many believe the Eagles are going to win today? How many believe in Jesus? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, it says this. See, I am doing a new thing. This is God saying. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And what it's saying here is God wants to do something new. Where, where, where people see nothing, where, where, where there's deserted land, God wants to bring life into those places. And many times that place is our hearts. Many times that's, that place is our, our, our own selves. That, that becomes, if we are not careful, if we do not stay close to God, it becomes a wilderness. A place of wasteland. And God saying today that there is hope for you and there, and there is hope for, I, for, for myself. Glory to Jesus. Our theme, like I'm saying, is next level. And um, today I really want to talk about something that, that struck me a few, probably, probably like a week ago. And, um, and there'll be a slide up there. I want you to see this slide. And this is a quote from Chuck Swindell. This is kind of what got in my, my heart. Uh, Chuck Swindell says this. He says, I've met many great leaders in my life, none which were complainers. How many have complained before? Y'all, y'all better raise Y'all so humble. How many have been around complainers, right? We've all been around complainers, right? Complaining is something that comes very easy to us, comes very natural to us. And, and really, complaining is not of God. We need to understand that it's not of God. You know, sometimes it's so easy to complain about things and, and, and look at the negative, and that comes easy, and anybody could do that. Anybody could do that. It, like I said, it is very natural. Um, you get a, you know, you get a group of, of men together or women together, and if you're not careful, right, before you know it, we start complaining. We complain about everything. We complain about the weather. We complain about the temperature in the house. We complain about uh, not having enough money. We complain about the food. We complain and complain and complain. Uh, it, like it, it just comes very natural uh, to us. And, and, uh, and I'm here to tell you today that next level, people who want to get to the next level, we need to recognize that complaining is not part of that next level. Uh, and Chuck Swindell, who's a he, he's a pastor. He's been ministering for over 50 years. And I used to listen to my mom. used to listen to him when I was little on the radio. And I, I still, when I hear him, I remember his voice from listening to him. And I heard him the other day, uh, and, and he said this. And I said, wow. He says, I've met so many great leaders. I've met kings and presidents. And I've traveled the world. And he says, and, and I've met superior, powerful leaders. But none of them were great complainers. And let's just get it straight. There's a difference between complaining, right? And, and trying to make things better, all right? So, so when I'm talking about complaining, I'm talking about somebody who's got an attitude of complaining, right? So there's a difference, right? When you have an attitude of complaining, then there's, there's an issue. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I've been there. My wife can attest, and I'm not going to ask her to do it, but that there's been moments when I complain, right? When everything runs, rubs me the wrong way, and I, I'm just in that mood, right? I just want to complain, right? I never complain about her food. Never. 
Have I? It's been a while. Remember when we first got married, the crunchy rice. That wasn't part of the sermon. No, my wife's amazing, and she's been cooking it really well. Thank, oh, thank you. But I'm Dominicano, eh? Hong Kong. That's right, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Country rice is good. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. See, a constant complainer, they see that the cup is always, what, half full, right? Right? They always see that the water isn't cold enough, right? They look at it and they say, it's probably not good because it's tap water and it should have been bottled water. The complainer looks at the cup and says, ooh, I think there's a smudge on it. That means that they didn't clean it well, right? And if they didn't clean it well, that means that I'm going to probably get sick from this because they're always thinking negative, right? They're thinking the worst. Praise God. I remember when I joined the army, you know, I joined the army, I was a real finicky eater. I just, I, I, there were certain things I didn't eat. And I remember going to the child line the first time in the, in the child hall. I think they call it the dining facility now because it's more politically correct. But we used to call it the child hall. So we went to the child hall and I'm eating at, you know, I, I'm getting, got my tray and don't let that tray touch, you know, you gotta carry it and you're, you're getting yelled at the whole time. And, and I thought I got to choose what I wanted to eat, right? And so I looked, no, I won't have none of that. And they still put it on my face. No, I, I, give me a little more of that, but it wasn't like that. First of all, you really couldn't talk. Second of all, they just put the stuff on your plate. And I never ate salad in my life. I just would not eat salad. And so I sit down, and you got only a few minutes to eat, and you're getting yelled at, and I'm sitting down. And, then, and so I just ate what I wanted to eat, right? And, and the drill sergeant, drill instructor came over, and he was like, screaming at me, not in a nice way. He said, you need to eat everything on your plate. And I'm trying to explain to him, I don't eat salad. Right? He said, oh, you don't eat salad, right? He said, come here. So he took me to the middle of the town hall. There's probably 400 guys, and he put me and made, made me sit in the middle, Indian style, and eat my salad, right? And I wanted to throw up, because I really, and the cucumbers are like, ah, but I had to eat it, right? I had to eat it. He said, open your hole. <laughs> I had to open this, and I had to eat it, right? There was no complaint in there, right? There was no complaint. You just did what you were told. And a lot of you guys know what that looks like, right? Then when you, you don't get to pick, right? It's not being picky no more. This is the reality of, uh, of what I just signed up for. Uh, so there was no time to complain because a, a complainer is a person who's given to excessive complaints, always crying, always whining. Some synonyms, synonyms excuse me, of a complainer is a grumbler. Somebody who's uh, a whining, a crybaby, a sniveler. I like that one, a sniveler. Where nothing is ever good enough. Where you can't really appreciate anything. Complainers are terrible managers. They're ineffective supervisors. Uh, complainers always expect the worst. And, and, if, and, and they're always expecting disappointment. Complainers are bothered when they're around positive people. It's difficult because they can't see the good. In fact, not only can they not see it, they don't want to see the good. And not only can com complainers not get to the next level, they can't see it. So we're going to go to the book of Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, and look at the, the scripture we're going to focus on today. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, 11, and 12, if I'm not mistaken. 
And the word of God says this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And so kind of, let's look at this story a little bit. If you don't know the story, I'm going to share it. So you had the, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, they were in captivity as slaves in Egypt for 400 years. 400 years, and they were crying out to God to save them. They didn't, they didn't start off as captives. They, 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 they started off as being part of, uh, of Egypt. And, and over time and, and new leadership, they end up being slaves in captivity in Egypt. And, and after, after some time, 400 years, they're crying out to God, and, and God sends someone to redeem them, to come and save them, and his name was Moses. And Moses comes before the king, which is known as Pharaoh during that time. He comes before Pharaoh. He says, let my people go. And many of you have heard the story. But if you haven't, he kept, he kept urging Pharaoh, let my people go. And in the process, God began to do some miracles on behalf of the Israelites. There was ten horrible things that happened to the Egyptians during this time. We know those things as ten plagues yeah. that God sent. Right? To, 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 to really show the Egyptians and King Pharaoh who was truly a God. Yeah. And so God showed his power. And the last plague was one that Pharaoh could not resist. Because this last plague was that every firstborn in Egypt would die. Yeah. So even the firstborn of, every, of, of the animals. Uh, and in the process, the firstborn of all the Egyptian people perished uh, in one night. And it's known as the Passover night when the angel of death came through Egypt and he killed all of the firstborn to include the firstborn of Pharaoh. When Pharaoh's firstborn son was killed, he was distraught and he basically told Moses, come on Moses, get your people and get them out of here. And so he did. So Moses took his people and they, it, it was a, a lot of people. He took them out. As they were leaving, the Egyptians wanted them out so bad that they gave them gold and silver to take this and go away. And so they're on this journey. But during the journey, in the chapter, uh, in that chapter that we just read, chapter 14, you'll see that during the journey, God doesn't send them straight to the promised land. That's where they're headed. He actually sends them through a different route in the wilderness. And they kind of begin to circle in the wilderness. As they're doing that, the Pharaoh comes to his senses. Pharaoh says, hold up, I just sent all those people. And I was probably emotional, but I need them because they're my slaves. They're the ones who are working. They're the ones who are building. So I need them. So as he came to his senses, and the Bible says that, the Bible actually says that God hardened his heart and, 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 and sent him out there to go after the Israelites. And so I, I say the hardening of hearts because sometimes we, we are like the Israelites, right? We're, God sends us, we're walking towards the, towards the promised land, and we think, or we come to Jesus, and we think everything's going to be good. But there's some wilderness times that we have to go through in order to get to the promised land, right? That there's some next level experiences that we have to get to in order to get to the promised land that God has called for us. 
for you and for me. And, and as they are walking, they're thinking, okay, we're, we've gone away from Egypt. And all of a sudden, they look back and they see, here comes the Egyptians. All of the chariots of Pharaoh's army and his whole army is coming. And, and they're coming to come get the Israelites and bring them back. And during this time, when they realize that they're being followed by the Egyptians, they go to Moses, and they say, Moses, and these are the complaints we're hearing, well, you should have just left us in Egypt. It, it was better to just keep serving. We, we, told, we didn't even want to go. All of a sudden, all the pain and suffering they had been experiencing in Egypt, they forgot about it. Because now they were under, they were in fear of what was coming. They were in fear that the Egyptians were going to come and, and, and kill them, basically, or make them go back to Egypt. So they become, begin to complain to Moses. Well. And it wasn't Moses' fault, right? And that happens to us sometimes as we're walking to the promise, as we're walking this journey that God has called us to walk in. All of a sudden, something negative happens, right? All of a sudden, something unexpected happens. Suddenly, we find ourselves in a situation that we don't like, right? And we start to say, I didn't sign up for this. Oh, well, why, why is this happening? This isn't fair. I just gave my life to Jesus. I'm doing what he asked me to do, but I didn't expect this. And, and, and not knowing, understanding that God allowed it to happen so that he can take us to the next level. Right? Brothers and sisters, it's not always easy. It's not supposed to be easy. This walk, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are going to be some moments in order for us to get to our promised land, right? In order for us to begin to live out the purpose that God has placed in our lives, right? We, we, we're going to have to go through some things. And, and in, the, in the process, we have to control ourselves not to become complainers because the complainer will get stuck and more stuck and more stuck and deeper and deeper and deeper and then you can't move and then you're ineffective and I say because there's been many times in my own life when I found myself just complaining even as a pastor I would say even especially as a pastor when things begin to happen uh, in the church or situations happen and I say well God I never signed up for this yeah, God, I, I didn't sign in. And, and then I'm reminded where the Holy Spirit says, well, you, you told me you would give me your life. You told me you gave me your heart and your life. And God said, you may not have signed up for it, but I signed you up for it. Come on, man. Talk about it. Because, see, son, there's a place that I want to take you. And it's higher than you can believe. It's better than you can dream. But the only way you'll get there, hallelujah, is if you go, go through and go through this situation that I will carry you through if you just put your trust in me. But there's moments, brothers and sisters, when we find ourselves in that place where we give up and we say, well, I give up. I'm not going to church no more. I'm not talking to you no more, Lord. And months may pass. For some people, years pass, or we're stuck in that situation, right? We're, we're, we're denying God, we're hating God, we're angry at God, not understanding that there's only one way out. There's only one way out. There's only one way out. You can try whatever you want to try, but I'll tell you, the only way is Jesus Christ. He said it himself, I am the way, the life, and the truth. And no one will see the Father unless it's through me. And it's about submitting to him, say, God, I don't like this situation, but we're going to make it through, God. There's a level that you want to take me to, God. And I'm ready because I know you're ready. And you've been ready for me, so let's go do this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And that's the God that we're preaching here today. A God, hallelujah, who's not looking for complainers. You can complain for a little, but brothers and sisters, do not stay in that place of complaining. 
Don't focus on the negative. Our God is a God of hope, a God of future. How did the, the, the God of this world is a God of doom, of death and destruction. But the God in heaven is all about taking you and me to the next level in 2019 in the name of Jesus. We have to be careful. Wherever we go, negativity. Turn the news on. Negativity. When you go to the internet and look at the news, the first thing is the most negative thing, right? Yeah. Know that you will not hear when you listen to the news that there's 300,000 flights a day, average, and none of them crash, right? 300,000 flights between military and, and, and government and commercial flights. Over 300,000 flights, not many of them crash, right? In fact, there's a 4,100,000 chance that you could die in a plane crash. There's actually an app. It's called I Am Going Down, right? And it'll give you those facts. That's where I got this from. This is what it means. It means that if you take a flight every single day for the next 11,000 years, you'll still be very unlikely to experience a, a plane accident or plane crash. The chances are slim. I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen, but it's very, very, very slim. But you're not going to hear that on the news, right? Because it's always negative. As soon as the plane crashes, boom, and then you hear all the negativity of, of a plane crash. But, but it's really not that big of a deal when you consider all the flights every single day. I, I was looking and I was searching. I found out that there's a network. It's called the Good News Network, right? doesn't have a lot of followers. <laughs> But there is something that you can go and see all the good things that are happening. There's more good things happening than bad things. But we live in a world that's full of fear, that wants you to live fearful, and wants you to be complaining, not just against this world, but against God as well. But as our word says, it says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us a spirit of power, of love, and self-control so that we can rise above the complaining and the fear. I'm going to give God glory for that. Constant complainers don't want to hear solutions. They don't even want to hear that there might be a better way. Constant complainers are unable to face new situations with an open mind, right? Eventually, that complainer can't even find joy. Another thing is that no one really wants to be around someone who's constantly complaining. So I'm telling you today, if you're a complainer, you find yourself in a place like that, stop it. Stop complaining, because complaining is not of God. We see that the Israelites here, they were full of fear. They began to complain. Their hearts became far from God. And they go to Moses and they're like, why would you bring us here? Now we're going to die. We told you so. We were better off. We should have just stayed in Egypt. Then they look at, we were supposed to go to the promised land. Now that's not even a possibility. They began to complain. They said it would have been better to die in Egypt than to die out here in the wilderness. And Moses in chapter, in that chapter, verse 13, he says this. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, he says. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. It goes on to say, the Egyptians you see today. He's saying, those Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. For the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Yeah. 
And that's the word of the Lord through Moses to the people. And Moses, in obedience to God, he cries out to God, and, tell, and God, the story goes on, God says, stretch your hand over the sea. Because they were, they were actually between a, a rock and a hard place. There was the Red Sea in front of them, and behind them, here comes the Egyptians. And the story has a few more little details in it, but the, long, the short story is that Moses went, and the Bible says, God says, stretch your hand over the sea, and he did, and the sea parted, right? It parted, and he didn't use the name of Jesus but, but I believe the, the spirit of Jesus was there. He put his hand out there and those, that sea opened up. The Bible says that they were able to pass through dry land, right? They walked through that sea. And the most powerful thing is that the, the Egyptians watched them and the Egyptians said, oh, if they did it, we could do it. And so as soon as the Egyptians came, the, the Israelites went through, the Egyptians followed them. And the Bible says that God made their chariots get stuck. And all of a sudden they got stuck in that middle of the sea. And the power of God let go of those, that sea, and it came, and it, it actually just engulfed them. And the whole Pharaoh's army, the Bible says, they died there. They drowned in that moment. In other words, that God fought for them. And the same God who fought for the Israelites, his Holy Spirit is here today, and he will fight for you. There's no need to complain. There's no need to fear. There's no need to get a, a, a little panicky. All we got to do is say, God, you said in your word that you will not leave me, that you will not forsake me, and I will hold on to that word. Come hell or come high water, I will put my faith in you. You will take me to the next level. I'm here to tell you that God will fight your fight. I'll tell you that there comes a moment where you've got to stretch your hand over that situation and declare, hallelujah, death over it in the name of Jesus. Glory to Jesus. How many have something that they need to go back and, and, and pray over? Maybe there's a situation that, that has you that you can't even sleep at night. Maybe, maybe there's something that you need to say, you know situation, you know circumstance, I will not be held back. I serve an all-powerful God. I am a son and a daughter, or a daughter of an all-living God, and for that reason, and guess what situation? I'm moving to the next level. I'm moving to the next level. Church, do not panic. Trust God. Do not trust on your own understanding or your own wisdom. Yes. When we start to complain too much, it, it damages our heart. It causes a heart condition in us. That heart condition is known as me, 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 me. It's just about me. And let me tell you, complainers are just about themselves because when you're just about yourself, you'll never, ever, ever find satisfaction. You'll keep searching to please me. You'll keep looking to please me. Yeah, everywhere you go, it's just about me. And if you're living like that, you'll never find satisfaction. You'll become miserable. And that's what that heart condition is known as, as that, the me condition, the, the miserable condition. Hallelujah. It's when you begin to think a little crazy, you're like, wow, nobody invites me over. When you start thinking, wow, nobody uh, took me out to eat. When you start thinking, man, nobody's calling me. You know what the person who's not complaining does? They don't think like that. They say, you know what, I shouldn't call somebody today and encourage them. The person who's not complaining says, you know what, I'm going to invite somebody to dinner. The person who's not complaining says, hey, you know, why don't we go out to dinner? And then, because if not, you will continue to feel uninvited. 
And if you feel uninvited, you become a complainer. And nobody wants to be around a complainer. The Bible tells us that, that the Israelites will be out in the desert for 40 years. For 40 years, they're going to wander. They're going to wander. They actually made it and got to be near the promised land. But they didn't get in there because they began to complain. So God made them wander some more. And they wandered. And the trip that should have just taken a few weeks took them 40 years. It took them 40 years to get to the promised land. Because they were complaining. Because complaining is not of God. Complaining is of the enemy. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, it says this. Do all these things, or do all things. If you could put it on that screen there, if you got it. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. What it's saying here is that we live in a crooked and perverse generation, a crooked and, 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 and evil a world. But it's saying that if we can walk in this world without complaining and disputing, that we become blameless before God and we begin to shine as lights in this world. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've done. God has called you. He's able to shine a light through your life. Hallelujah. He's able to shine a light in your life that all of a sudden you'll stop focusing on who you are. You'll stop focusing on what you've done. You'll stop focusing on where you lack and you'll begin to understand that it's not so much about you. It's about the one who wants to live within you. It's about the one who wants to take us to that next level. Hallelujah. See, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're going to live a life just thinking about what you're going to do, it's going to be very bleak. And you're going to leave this life, un hallelujah, you will leave this life unfulfilled. It is when we begin to understand that I am nothing without him. And so we begin to understand that I need him today more than ever. When I begin to understand that, oh Lord, you are my perfect hope. You are my only hope. You are my perfect refuge and I need you today more than ever. Hallelujah. How many are ready, hallelujah, to get to the next level? I'm going to share, I'm going to finish with this. Your next level must include holiness. Holiness. Holiness is not perfection, brothers and sisters. Holiness is drawing close to the Lord. As you draw close to the God, as you begin to open the word of God, as you begin to sacrifice, as many of you guys have been sacrificing uh, this time of fasting to the Lord, as you begin to do this, he makes you holy, right? He makes you holy. You can never make yourself holy. You can't Go and order it on Amazon Prime. It's not available. <laughs> Holiness comes through you seek your willingness to seek God. Your willingness, and, and that next level includes holiness, brothers and sisters. Misty Edwards says this. Holiness frees you from the gravitational pull of me. You guys don't have that slide up there. Holiness frees you from the gravitational pull of me. See, a lot of times we think about holiness, we think about that there's this angry God in heaven, right, who's perfect in all his ways. We know he's perfect, but we see him 
angry, right? And that he's just focusing on your imperfections and all the times that you've let God down. But that's not what holiness is about. Holiness is about a good father who loves you, who forgives you, who wants more than nothing to fill you with his peace. And more than anything, he wants you to begin to know him. Holiness is where it's at, brothers and sisters. Holiness allows you to love your enemies. Holiness teaches you how to live life to its fullest. And you get to live out your purpose in its entirety. And God calls us today. He he calls us out from a life of complaining into a life of holiness in the next level. He says this, be holy because I am holy, he says. And I believe today he wants to draw us closer to him. I believe he wants to make us holier than we walked in, than the way we walked into this place today. See, because grace and love, that'll get you saved. You, You can't buy salvation. You just receive it. It's a gift, right? So grace and And love, it'll it'll save you, give you salvation. But holiness, holiness leads the way to the fullness of your purpose. I can feel the Holy Spirit up here so strong right now. See, in heaven right now, there's angels right now. The Bible says they're around this throne, right? And they're not crying grace, grace, grace to him. They're crying holy, holy, holy. Santo, santo, santo. They cry out to him. It's the essence of who he is. And the beauty of it is he is willing to make you and I holy too. You can't do it with your own strength. It's just about surrender. It's about God. It's not about me, God. I want to get to the next level, and I'll do whatever it takes to get there, God. If it's about giving you some more time, I'll do it, God. If it's about sacrificing something for you, I'll do it, God, because I do not want to stay in the same place. I want to get to the next level. I do not want to be a complainer. I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter of you, God, that you would be pleased, God. Oh, God, that your presence would flow through me, God, that I would impact your kingdom according to your will and not mine. So, church, can we just stand today? Church, as we stand, know that I'm not here to accuse you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to give you the good news that God is for you, that God loves you, that that there's forgiveness for the things that you've done, that there's hope for you, that that God has not given up on you. So we can just close our eyes for a moment. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You are faithful, Lord. I'm going to pray for you and I'll make an altar call. I really challenge some folks in this house that I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this place, Holy Spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, you would continue to invade, Lord, our hearts and our minds, God, that you would begin to transform the way we think, God. God, that we would begin to understand, Lord, that there is more, Lord, for us and in this life, Lord, than we are experiencing out there in the world, God. That you want to use us, Lord, for something greater, Lord. So, Lord, help us to surrender to you today, God. Help us to understand, Lord, that it's your way, God. 
I thank you, God, for what you're doing right now. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus and you want Jesus to be part of your life, you want him to lead you, you're tired of leading yourself, I'm going to count to three, and on the count of three, you'll just raise your hand. With every eye closed, one, two, three, just raise your hands. Yes, Lord. Can we raise our hands with them? I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me. If everybody can say it. Jesus, I surrender. I'll give you my heart, my mind, and my life. I want to live a holy life. I don't want to live the same. I need you today. Today is my day to surrender to you. Forgive me for all the things I've done to hurt you and others. Receive me in your kingdom today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And at this time, the Bible says that if we said that prayer with all our hearts, that he receives us, that there's a celebration in heaven. So we celebrate you today. Hallelujah. We celebrate you today. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.